Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 258. Hi, I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Welcome back to another great episode. Hey, I want to thank each and every one of you for going over and leaving great ratings and reviews on iTunes and all the other platforms, and as well as reaching out and connecting with me both on the website at www.jacobayers.com and social media. I've had the pleasure of speaking with several people over the past few weeks, from Will to Enrique, Harry, and so many others. You guys are doing such an awesome job. Keep crushing it, keep after it, and keep learning and investing in yourself. Well, this week's guest is Brad Blazer. Brad is an effective sales leader who over a decade ago set out on a mission to compile stories from his prior business experience as a founder and CEO of a small oil company and the encounters from meetings and interactions at speaking events with some of the world's most recognized leaders in sports, business, and politics. Brad is the founder of The Art of Beliefology, believing that you have the power to change your beliefs and your future. In addition, Brad also hosts the Learn to Soar Network. So without further ado, let's bring Brad onto this week's show. All right, today I welcome on the show, Mr. Brad Blazer. Brad, hey, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. You bet, Jake. I'm excited to be here. Well, hey, as a fellow Houstonian, you and I were just talking about game three of the World Series. Our Astros really have to pull it out tonight. You know, but before we get into all that, let's kind of back up, tell the audience members a little bit about you, who you are, your background, what you do. Just kind of give us your story, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. My background is very different than uh, most people's. At the age of 23, when most people are coming out of college and trying to get their first job, I was actually launched into the oil and gas industry as the CEO and founder of my own company. Yeah, and, okay. Uh, you know, didn't really know much about business. I just thought, okay, you get some letterhead and some business cards, and uh, really that's all that you need. But very quickly found out on the journey that you need a lot more than that, you know. And it was one of those great adventures in my life when I made the decision after about a decade to dissolve the company due to changes in the tax laws and collapsing oil prices and things that were just beyond my control. I really looked at myself introvertly and I said, what is Brad Blazer good at? What is the one hard skill that I'm really good at that people would be willing to pay me a lot of money for? What I realized out of my background in the oil and gas industry, Jake, is I was really good at raising money. I knew how to talk to investors. I knew how to close. I knew how to do this over the phone. And so I kind of launched what I call my second career, which was really raising capital for other people, real estate syndicators, 
oil and gas operators and have raised well in excess of $2 billion over about 20 years, have closed the largest transactions for multiple companies, and those sales records still stand today. And so today, really, uh, in my what I call third career, <laughs> I've taken all of that really to now teach and mentor others, and I'm a two-time author, a speaker, and trainer, and have a loyal following internationally around the world that have joined our Beast community and are either getting coached or at least networking through our Facebook page with other success-minded individuals. Yeah, that's awesome, Brad. Well, let's give the audience members a little context here. It was maybe how we met was maybe a couple months ago, you and I attended the same conference here in Houston, Texas, sat next to each other, made the connection. And I found out that you were the author of the book On the Wings of Eagles. Really great book you gifted to me. We're going to get into a little bit about that today, but you've kind of coined this term, the art of beliefology. So tell us exactly what that is and what that means. Yeah, the art of beliefology is really the concept or the philosophy that I have developed, which I have also trademarked. And it simply is the belief that if you change your beliefs, you have the ability to change your future. I tell people your todays don't have to be your tomorrows. You can certainly scale to greater success in life. But at the end of the day, it really starts with your belief systems about what you can and cannot do. And in my own personal life, And in the life of other people I've coached, what I often find is we have a lot of self-doubt. We have a lot of fear about moving forward. We look in the mirror every day and we define ourselves not as the person we can really be, but the person we see in the mirror. And a lot of times you have to understand that when you look at yourself in the mirror, the words that follow the words I am will follow you. And so you have to be really clear on how you describe yourself because that is going to be the image that you project to others. But more importantly, it's going to be the image that you believe. And if you believe yourself to be a failure or if you believe that you're inadequate or you believe you can't do certain things, you're never going to reach the level of success that you're truly capable of. And a coach's job really is to see the true potential in an individual and get them to understand that they can change and then guide that person through nurturing and through encouragement and really seeing that potential so that they rise to the expectations and go through a transformative process. Yeah, that's so so important, Brad. So many like little nuggets to pull out of there. But one thing I think it's important is, you know, there are, I kind of like to think of there are two types of people out there. The type of people who think the way things are now is the way they will always be. And the other type of person who thinks the way things are now is not the way they'll always be. And there's opportunity for improvement and opportunity for growth and kind of that abundance mindset, if you will. Absolutely. You know, I think anybody that's an adult realizes that life is unfair. Life's always going to throw you a curveball. You're going to wake up and have crappy days. And you have to realize that those are just temporary. Things do change. Things do improve. But your life really has more deeper meaning. And the meaning that you associate to things that happen, positive or negative, are going to affect your attitude. They're going to affect, of course, how you feel that day, that week. And personally, I believe that there's three types of people. There are people out there that are dreamers. And uh, you know, those are, as Mark Cuban says, the difference between the entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurs. They're constantly dreaming about, oh, I want to do this or I want to do that, but they really never take action. You have another group that are the blamers. 
They're the ones that blame everybody else around them for their lack of success. Oh, my boss didn't give me the tools I need, or my wife doesn't want me to start the business because it's going to cost money, or she doesn't believe in me herself. And then at the end, there are the game changers. You know, and these are the people that are going to get shit done to figure it out. It's this part of the journey of life. And so you have to decide what category or bucket you want to be lumped into. And most importantly, you also have to understand that you will start to aspire to a level of success based on your friends and the people you choose to associate yourself with. Like attracts like. There's a natural law of attraction in society. And if you've got nine friends that are losers, guarantee you're going to be the 10th. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, you know, when you're talking about, you know, taking on a challenge or doing something that's difficult, anything that's worthwhile doing is going to, you know, require some work and some hard work and some dedication and, you know, perseverance and all those, you know, buzzwords people like to throw around. But really what it comes down to is, you know, are you willing to, you know, kind of persevere and continue and, you know, not really give up, you know, kind of have that belief in yourself that, you know, like you said, your tomorrow, it doesn't have to be your today. You're absolutely right, Jake. I mean, let's face it, everybody wants a six pack, but very few people are willing to put in the time and go to the gym, right? You know, everybody wants to eat, but very few people are willing to go out and hunt. And yeah. so success doesn't come easy. Those that are hugely successful will tell you they just didn't wake up and it wasn't delivered to them on a silver platter. There's hours, there's days, years, months of just being out there on the grind and you can never give up. You know, in life, failure is good. I actually just got done in Boston talking about the concept of failure and explaining to the audience there that it is okay to fail. It's the way you approach the failure and whether you look at that failure and ask yourself, what did I learn from this? What did I do wrong or what can I do differently? I mean, we all know the story about Colonel Sanders, Kentucky Fried Chicken. This guy went out over a thousand and nine times and failed time after time after time but relentlessly kept asking himself, what can I do differently the next time I talk to somebody about my great chicken recipe? And of course, today, there's six, 700 Kentucky Fried Chicken franchises all across the United States. Same thing with Thomas Edison, failed thousands of times. But each time he failed, he said, I just found one other way that doesn't work. And he just kept trying until he invented electricity. Yeah, so it's just the tenacity to move forward and take action and constantly be pursuing your goals and your dreams in life so that you can scale to a higher plane of success. Yeah, I love that. Well, earlier in the conversation, you mentioned a word I'd like to kind of bring up and revisit, and that is the coach, right? So I actually have a coach myself, Brad, and you are a coach yourself. And I mentioned to somebody a while back that, yeah, my coach, you know, blah, 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 said whatever. And they said, your coach, what do you mean? I said, well, I've got a, I've got a coach in real estate investing. And they thought it was kind of a weird thing. And I guess maybe it might seem like that to people on the outside. But, you know, then I got to thinking, you know, it's so normal for, you know, different types of people to have coaches. You might have a coach for your four-year-old soccer team, right? And of course, professional athletes have coaches, but it seems weird for an entrepreneur to have a coach. So talk about that stigma and, and your perspective on that. Absolutely. You know, I think people that look at hiring coaches, look at it and kind of get into it and then say, oh, well, it's going to cost me money to hire a coach. Sure, it costs money, but you have to realize that it's an investment in yourself. And hiring a coach and paying a, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month or a few thousand dollars over a six or 12 month program 
is not a liability. It really is not costing you money if that coach can mentor you and help you plane to a greater level of success. If working with a coach is going to help you make an extra 75000 or an extra $100,000 this year, and it only costs $5,000 to hire the coach, he's now really an asset. He's a business consultant that's going to make you a lot more money and make you more successful by instilling the habits that you're either lacking or that you have, but you're just not executing on. And I always say that a mentor or coach really needs to deliver and bring three things to the table. I call them the SECs. And that is number one is they basically have to support you. They have to be on your side. They have to be in your shadow. They have to basically be supporting you each step of your journey. The second, which is the E, is they got to encourage you. And it's that encouragement really that is there alongside you so that you're creating a successful habits. You're waking up early, you're going to the gym, you're using a day planner and blocking out time for yourself. Because if you don't block time for yourself on your calendar, things that you want to do for your own personal development just aren't going to get done. And then lastly, the C is they got to challenge you. You know, the, the aspect of being a coach or a mentor is really understanding that people always will rise to the level of expectations that are placed upon them. And I don't ask people to do things that are unrealistic, but I certainly expect them to get somewhat out of their comfort zone. Because what I have found in my own personal life and what I have found in working with others is if you're willing to face your fears and kind of fall into that failure, once you overcome something that you thought you could not do, man, you're unstoppable, right? Let's say that you've just started running and you've only been running for 60 or 90 days. And I say, why don't you go ahead and register for a half marathon? You say to yourself, there's no way I can run a half marathon. Well, we're going to coach up to it. And then by God, when you finally cross the finish line in that half marathon and prove to yourself you can do it, what's the next thing you do? You enter another one and another one. And before you know it, you're thinking about yourself differently. You now say, man, I'm an athlete. Maybe I should actually register for a full marathon. <laughs> and once you do that, your whole life transforms because you start understanding that things you thought you could not do you're now accomplishing. And so you take on more and you start pursuing bigger challenges that have bigger payoffs, both in your personal life, but also in your business life. Yeah, that's such a good point, Brad. Now, you kind of talked about your experience with real estate. So let's kind of switch gears and, and focus on that arena for a minute. When you're talking about real estate investing, I think personal growth is one of those areas where it just applies so well to real estate investors, to real estate investing. Because, you know, you can kind of have that natural progression of, you know, start out, you know, get your feet wet with that first deal and then do a bigger deal and then grow and then do larger deals and larger deals. And then you wind up like, you know, yourself here having raised over $2 billion over the course of your lifetime. So tell us, you know, a little bit about your experience with real estate and how you've taken this approach and this art of bleepology, if you will, and applied it in that space. You know, I think most people that are in real estate or start the journey as an investor, either start with a, you know, a rental house or maybe they're moving or they're getting a bigger home and they decide not to sell the one they're in, they're going to rent it out for some income and for some of the tax benefits. But I started my journey as a real estate investor years ago. And uh, you know, it all started off with just uh, one small little fixer-upper and got that property under my belt, went in and rehabbed it, repainted, recarpeted, fixed it up. Got a tenant, moved him in there, made a couple hundred bucks and said, wow, if I'm making a couple hundred bucks on this property and I replicate that and get 10, you know, that's a couple thousand bucks. And so I went out and I found another one and started buying lists and doing mailings and putting up, of course, the uh, little signs around the neighborhoods. We'll buy foreclosures, uh, you know, and 
the bandit signs, as we call them, and uh, got some calls off of that and started meeting with people. And uh, over the course of probably, you know, six to nine months, I acquired well over a dozen properties. And when I look back and look at the equity that I was able to either cash out and refinance or that I just maintained, you know, built a nice little net worth. Uh, Sure, it was hard work and a lot of responsibility associated with being responsible to tenants. I then uh, sold a number of the properties. And from that point forward said, you know, let's go to the next step in the journey. And the next step was, of course, small multifamily, you know, four plexes, six plexes, and uh, getting those types of properties and doing exactly the same thing. It's basically the same model, just on a bigger scale. Mm -hmm. And what investors have to understand is that when you start going into commercial real estate or you start getting into multifamily, lenders look at things differently. They look at the deal rather than looking at you. And so I realized that my personal balance sheet and my credit, while it was certainly important and I had to have a track record when I was talking to lenders about my multifamily deals and going into them to look at 10, 12 unit deals, it was really the deal itself that either qualified or didn't qualify. Sure, I had to have some equity and skin in the game and it was either me or some of the investors that I had cultivated. But that was really just a tremendous journey. And I think a lot of people that get into real estate look at it as a way to create wealth and create some, of course, cash flow and income. But one of the other great things, of course, about real estate, as you know, Jacob, is uh, you know the tax benefits. Yeah, absolutely. So you kind of talked about your progression. You bought that very first fixer-upper, did that kind of natural progression, bought some more houses, gotten the small multis, the duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, et cetera, naturally progressed into larger deals. What was your goal there? Were you doing that full-time? What did that look like for you? Well, really, the goal for me is, you know, I got to a point where, like I said, I'd raised, you know, almost $2 billion for other people. I mean, there were years where I was raising $70, $80 million for other real estate syndicators. And I just said to myself, you know, I raised $75 million for this guy. And when you put the debt on that, you know, just looking at 50% LDV, this guy was able to use that and go out and buy $150 million in real estate. Yeah. Essentially, I'm making him rich. And even though I was making a very comfortable, you know, mid upper six figure income for myself and my family, I said, wow, I really need to be going out and raising money for myself and doing my own deals. And so I put together a little PPM and put together a little PowerPoint and started hosting events, getting myself in front of investors, explained to them what I was wanting to do. And then, of course, the tables turned. Now I was raising money for my deals and I was going out and buying the properties and managing them and getting some of the cash flow. And of course, on the back end was participating as a general partner. And so really, in doing that, move beyond raising money for other people. And much like I was doing when I was in the oil and gas business back in the 80s, just started raising money for myself. One of the biggest things I explain to people in real estate that I coach is all the money you ever need is out there. There's so much money out there in the investment community, especially people that want to invest in real estate. But the biggest challenge is most real estate investors or most individuals are simply unwilling to go out and talk to people. They're fearful of rejection. They're fearful of picking up the phone and making those cold calls or hosting those meetings because they either don't know what to say or they just lack confidence in their own abilities. But what you have to realize is that if you don't move forward and take the necessary steps and create the habits of doing that, you're never going to get your deals done. You know, most newbies or most new investors don't have the financial backing to go out and take down a 50 or a 75 unit multifamily property. Yeah, because investors out there, 
that certainly are more than happy to partner with you. If you bring a deal, you package it right, you say, this is my plan. Here's how we're going to get at least up. Here's how we're going to exit on the back end. Here's the formula for how we're going to share profits and gains and income. And lo and behold, you go out and you hustle and you do some events. And, you know, before you know it, you wake up a year later and you go, wow, I'm sitting here on, you know, $20 million or $10 million or whatever that amount is in real estate. And you go from being somebody that is a dreamer to a game changer and now a true real estate entrepreneur. I love it. Yeah. You know, you're right. It can be a bit intimidating to go out and ask strangers and ask, you know, even friends and family for money, you know, investing in real estate, you know, raising this private capital. You almost have to have first have a confidence in yourself. So can you talk about that? And, you know, you got any tips around, you know, just kind of building that confidence in in yourself before you take on that endeavor? You bet. (laughs) I just talked about this last week and earlier this week. I basically call it prey drive. You know, you have to develop what I call prey drive. Prey drive is defined by Coach Michael Burt and myself as the ability to optically see something and then go for it. It's prevalent in dogs. Obviously, of course, the dogs like the Dobermans, the German Shepherds, the Rottweilers that are trained as attack dogs, but even your larger cats, the lions and tigers. And I explain to people that if you've got a pet dog and it's a lap dog like a golden retriever or a poodle, and that dog is the cutest, cuddliest thing. If you <laughs> turn it over to a professional trainer that unleashes the prey drive, you do not want to be in the same room with that dog for more than five to 10 minutes because now that dog is a trained killer. And you almost have to internally develop this skill of prey drive. And that is the ability to close and ask those qualifying questions to investors or prospects throughout the conversation so that you're gauging interest and you're asking people on a scale of one to 10, Jake, are you at a two or are you closer to an eight? It sounds like you're wanting to commit. Is there any reason we shouldn't be getting started today or later this week? And by memorizing just a couple of questions like that, that are now part of your conversational process, you're hopefully able to get people to move forward. I remember when I was in the oil business, I had this very rich, very wealthy doctor that for whatever reason just would not commit. And I guess it was because he knew the risk. He knew that if we drilled a dry hole, he was going to lose his entire investment. And so one day, while we were talking in the early evening, I finally said to him, Dr. Schneck, it takes two things to invest in an oil well. And he said, what? And I said, it takes big balls and lots of money. Which of the two don't you have? (laughs) Looking back, when I say that, I bit my tongue. But after what seemed like eternity, he said, well, tell me again how much three units in your program cost bread. And I said, go get your checkbook and I'll tell you how to fill out the subdocs. And he became one of our best investors. So you have to develop what I call those big brass balls. And understand that rich people, people of affluence, don't want to be talked up to. And I think that what a lot of people do is they talk from a desperation. They look up to these people, say, please, please invest with me, because they're desperate. And people that are affluent have a sixth sense. They want to be talked to. And in order to be talked to, you have to have firm conviction in yourself and also project a level of confidence and exude that conviction in what you're doing and say, look, I'm bringing you a great deal, man. I've done my due diligence. I've done my homework. The numbers pencil out. The demographics in the submarket are solid. Uh, comparable properties are selling 15% above what we're able to get into this property at. And if you're able to go and speak with conviction and have a great presentation, not always, but nine out of times, you're going to come out of there successful. Yeah. And one thing, I that's great advice. I love that. 
one thing I kind of try to remind myself, Brad, is you're not bringing them, you know, a burden. You're bringing them an opportunity. You know, Absolutely. so you're not you're not saying, "Hey, please do me a favor." You're saying, "Hey, I have this great opportunity," and that really is the truth. And so you can come with them from a perspective of like, "Hey, I've got I've got something for you. This is a gift. This is a good thing, right?" I mean, I've got something that can make you a lot of money. You know, I've got a great opportunity. It can save you money in taxes. It's going to help diversify your portfolio. And, you know, looking at where we are today, of course, in the equity markets, if you did not invest in the stock market 10 years ago, certainly now is not the time to be doing so. Fixed income markets are not good at all. And so where do you put your money today? You put it in something like real estate or in a tangible alternative investment that's going to hold value if, God forbid, we go into a major recession. And the thing I love about multifamily and the thing I love about real estate is that it generates income generates tax benefits. And if you take care of it and you basically are responsible as an owner, you know, over time, it's generally going to appreciate in value. It's like they say, there's only so much available land and there's only so much real estate and it's getting more challenging and difficult today for people to qualify for a home ownership. And so I believe that, you know, here in Houston and here across the country, it's going to be a pretty healthy rental market for the foreseeable future. The Younger generation, millennials and Gen Xers, do not want to be tied down and burdened with home ownership. And I think there's been a major shift in the mindset of younger generation. They saw their parents go through 2007, 2008, many of them, of course, in foreclosure. And they say, I don't want any part of that. If I'm a renter and I can have a nice apartment, I can travel the world, I don't have to have the burden and responsibility. And so I think the mindset of people today is to be renters. And it's like Grant Cardone and so many other trainers say, get yourself a nice portfolio, keep them rented out, take care of your tenants, and they'll take care of you. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. One thing you said just a bit ago that I found interesting and jotted down here was you're talking about when you're going out and raising capital for real estate deals, you said money is everywhere. There's so much money out there. It's abundant. Now, just you saying that, some people might think, wow, Brad's crazy. Where's he looking? There's not money out there, right? (laughs) But those are the scarcity mindset thinkers, probably not listening to this podcast, let's be honest. But you know, I like where you're coming from with that abundance mindset. So I think that's a powerful tool for real estate investors to try to not just, you know, you don't just kind of like flip the switch, but it's kind of like a growth thing. You've got to kind of condition your mind to have that abundance mindset. Absolutely. I mean, Houston has one of the largest real estate networking groups. They meet monthly over there, you know, what used to be the Redneck Country Club, usually a thousand attendees, and they get people from all walks of life that have been successful. They got the hard money lenders, they got the rehabbers, the insurers, they got people that do the qualified IRAs if you want to buy real estate inside of your retirement accounts. And it's a great way to learn and network with other people that can mentor you and help you take those first steps in the process. The thing that's unfortunate for most individuals, not just real estate investors, but just individuals in general, Jake, is that most people in our country and around the world, never take the time to sit down and put their goals in writing. They have dreams and they have goals, but there's something that takes place in the human body when you take a few minutes to put your goals on a piece of paper. And we call that implantation. It implants and it goes from being a concept to being something real. And it's part of what we call the mind-body crossover in coaching and in neuro-linguistic programming. The best analogy I can give to people is an architect comes up with a concept for a building in his mind, and he makes a sketch on a piece of paper, and then he takes that sketch and, of course, converts that into a set of blueprints. 
And then a year later, there's a beautiful new building on the horizon. Yeah. Same thing takes place with your goals. When you take your goals out of your mind and implant them onto a piece of paper, it's much like that architect who now has put down that idea in a sketch. But then what you have to do with those goals that are in writing is say, okay, now that I've got this goal, what are the habits of somebody that has already achieved that goal? And then what can I do daily to start moving in the direction of accomplishing that goal? And over time, those habits create the muscle necessary so that you can become a new person and actually accomplish those goals. Or maybe there's people that have already accomplished those goals that you can reach out to as mentors. But so many people want to be real estate investors and they never get started. And it's so sad and unfortunate that people don't take action on their goals and on their dreams in life. And they wake up a year or two, three years later, and they look back and their life hasn't changed. They haven't scaled. They haven't become the person that they're capable of becoming. And so that's one of the reasons I started this Build Your Beast coaching program is we were all born to be beasts. It's just that very few people operate in beast mode, right? And so the concept of the beast coaching is that it's my role as a mentor to see the beast and the potential that's in you and then to just rip that out of your chest and put it on your chest as a badge of honor so that you're now thinking of yourself differently. I mean, I was coaching an individual that was trying to lose 80 pounds and he's lost 60. Wow. We were talking earlier this week and he said, you know, you told me earlier that when I look at myself in the mirror, the words that follow the words I am will follow me and define me. And he said, I woke up this morning and for the very first time ever, I looked at myself and I said, wow, you're an athlete. And I said, you're an athlete. A guy that was 80 pounds overweight is an athlete. I love it. And he said, absolutely. And so I said, well, now you've got to start living the lifestyle of an athlete, asking yourself, what do athletes do differently? And it's nutrition. It's fitness. And I have no doubt in my mind this guy is going to crush the next 20 pounds because now he defines himself as an athlete. And so as a newbie investor, when you take down that first and then that second real estate property and you start looking at yourself in the mirror, you're going to transform and you're going to look at yourself and say, wow, I'm now a real estate investor, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're going to start creating the habits and the skills of a real estate investor so that you can become more successful. It's developing a farm club. It's developing a way to find leads. It's a way to create systems and structure with your property so that as you grow a portfolio, your tenants aren't calling you. They have a little list on the inside of the kitchen cabinet. You say, here's my plumber. Here's my electrician. Here's my carpenter. If there's any problems with the property, call them before you call me because they're the ones that ultimately are going to come out and take care of it anyway. And they know how to call me and I don't want to be called at three o'clock in the evening if the water heater's dripping. So there's things that I've learned over time that I'm sure you have as well that have made both of us successful in what we're doing. But the biggest thing is you got to take action. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So when you take kind of a couple of few things here, you know, you set some goals, you follow up with action, you get around to people who are doing what it is you want to do and who, you know, are where you want to be and maybe one or two or five or 10 years down the road, great things can happen. Now, that's one of the premises of the book you wrote on the wings of eagles talking about, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants before you kind of type proverb, right? So tell us a little bit of the key principles in that book and what listeners can expect to understand or learn when they go pick that up? Yeah. I mean, over the last seven years, kind of on my journey of self-discovery, reaching out to people and studying with folks like Rock Thomas and uh, Stephen Covey and uh, Jack Canfield and Coach Michael Burt, is I've come to realize that very successful people have habits. And it's really 
all about studying their habits and probing them and asking, what is it you did or what do you do differently? And so over the last seven years, I've been fortunate to have interacted and have met some of the greatest thought leaders in you know, sports, business, and politics, people like Kevin O'Leary, of course, a very phenomenal business person, one of the celebrity stars on uh, the hit TV show Shark Tank. Yeah, right. You know, Joe Namath, I've met, Fran Tarkenton, President George W. Bush, our former commander-in-chief, Oliver North, Magic Johnson. And so on the wings of eagles, learning to soar in life, the book establishes the concept of beliefology. And that is, of course, if you change your beliefs, you can create a more compelling future for yourself. But it also shares the underlying themes and messages from some of these people. You know, I share the story of Joe Namath, where he was walking around the field with Coach Bryant and a couple of other players. And Coach looks over and says, Joe, you got a plan for tonight's game? And Joe says, yeah, I think I do. And Bear Bryant, of course, yells out at the top of his lungs, you think you do. There's no thinking. You either know you do or you don't. And so from that moment forward, you know, Joe Namath always had a plan for the offensive team in every game he went into. He knew how they were going to act on the field, who he was going to throw to. He never went into a game thinking he had a plan. By God, he had a plan. You know, Rudy Rudiger, if you've ever seen the movie Rudy, his whole message in the movie, and of course what he talks about is never give up on your dreams. Here's a young kid that wanted to play for Notre Dame and, you know, camped out in the stadium and uh, kept going back to the coach, please, please. And finally, the end of the movie gets carried out on the shoulders of the rest of his players and uh, was put in. And his whole theory is, you know, never, never give up on your dreams and your goals. And so the book really is just a compilation of these messages and stories taken from other thought leaders, intertwined, of course, with some stories that I share when I was the CEO of my oil company, like the transformation that takes place in Jeff, who of course came to work for me as a roughneck that went on to make six figures where we transformed his life by getting him to see himself differently, not as a roughneck, but now as an oil and gas executive when he was on the phone pitching people. So that's really kind of what that book is about. The second book, which is coming out later, The Blueprint for Your Better Self, is really what I call the how-to book. It takes the concept of changing your beliefs to create a better future, but it explains how you actually do that. Because so many people that have bought the first book have commented, I like what you're saying, and I believe that if I change my beliefs, I can change my future, but I don't know how to change. Yeah, <laughs> so, right, right. You know, unless I hire you as my coach, which a lot of people have, and I say, just wait a couple months, book number two will be out, and that is the blueprint. That's the secret sauce that will make you the lifestyle architects that you can become the architect of your own life and really start living the life that you're looking for. So book one is out right now on the wings of Eagles. That's wherever you can find books, you can find this book at Amazon, all the stores, everything like that, your website, which we'll mention in a bit. And then you've got this upcoming book, A Blueprint for Your Better Self, going to be released towards the end of this year. So we'll be looking out for that. And uh, Brad, as we're wrapping up here, kind of just take a second and you know, let's, let's lay out a scenario of someone who's going to come to you for coaching advice. Let's call this person a real estate investor. Maybe they're a beginning real estate investor looking to scale, grow their portfolio, really turn the corner and become a successful, bona fide real estate investor. What kind of advice would you have for somebody like that? Well, there's a couple things. What I have found as a consultant and as a mentor is people are so consumed in the day-to-day minutia of their business that they don't see things that others see. And I 
believe sometimes that it's much better to be on the outside of the mirror looking in than on the inside of the picture frame looking out, meaning that a person on the outside is able to see missing structures or missing systems or things that you're not doing that you should be doing that could easily 5 or 10x your business. And some things that most people in real estate are not doing successfully is they're not creating structures or systems to generate leads on properties or generate ways to access capital or not creating systems to scale their business from three to five properties to 25 and 50 and beyond. You know, real estate is a great way to accumulate and build wealth and do it quickly. But it's very hard to do if you're doing it one property at a time and you don't have those systems and structures in place. And so when you look at my coaching program, one of the things that we do over six months is we really each month focus on training on one, what I call talent or capacity. And that is something that you need that is currently missing in your business. As an example, one of the things we have is called the legacy selling system. It's understanding what's feeding you leads, understanding that you should have a list of 25 prospects. These are people that are close to doing business with you. You should have another list of whales. These are people that can transform your business if they choose to partner with you. I believe it's much better to go fishing for blue marlins than it is for blue gills. And so you have to have that. Then, of course, there's another month that we spend on what I call million-dollar follow-up. You know, Science has proven that it takes seven to 10 touches in business to convert somebody from being a prospect to a customer. And the sad thing is so many people give up after the second, third, or fourth attempt. Yeah, right. Think about it if you went the distance. And there's a very different approach to what we call linear follow-up and non-linear follow-up. Linear follow-up is asking those probing, qualifying questions, like I said earlier, which is, Jake, it looks like you're ready to commit. What's holding us back from getting started today? That's linear follow-up. Non-linear means I'm moving you to a future event. Maybe you're not ready and I say, you know, hey, next week on Tuesday evening at Office Evolution, I'm hosting a networking event. Why don't you come and audit what we do? And if you like that, we'll talk about getting started. So it's those things. I believe that in business, you always want to be pushing people forward. And Coach Burt and myself have come up with a phrase that we use to explain people that don't have that prey drive. And it's, Quit selling the flirt. You know, in business, when someone says, you know, let me think about it, you're nice. Okay, great. I'll send you an email. I'll have some stuff on it. Let me call you back next week. You call them back next week, and the guy recognizes the caller ID. Oh, that's <laughs> I want to talk to them right now. <laughs> so that opportunity goes into the black hole and it never develops into what it could potentially be. But if the guy said, you know, let me think about it, great. I'd love to let you think about it. Next week, I'm hosting an event in Office Evolution at 9 o'clock or 6 o'clock or having hors d'oeuvres. And why don't you come and audit what we do? Great, I'll be there. You're moving people forward in that process, in that linear and nonlinear way. And the great thing about that is that if you don't give up and you understand it takes 7 to 10 touches, you'll eventually close an extra 30 or 50% more business. And that's the end of the game. I mean, business is all about generating revenue, right? Yeah, I love that. It's all about generating revenue and scaling. And so if you take on the right mindset in your real estate business that I've got one property, I've got three, I want to get to 10, what do I need to do to get to 10 and how can I do that quickly? It's understanding how to go from point A to point B to point Z, how to scale by creating those systems and structures. So in the coaching that we do, it's really systems, structures, mentorship. Because we've been there, done that. And then we also have in our mastermind group other investors 
that we have access to that have gone on to create multi-million dollar portfolios that our clients, of course, have access to through our Mastermind Alliance. Tell us a little bit more about your Mastermind group, Brad. The Elite Mastermind program is part of the coaching should somebody choose to participate. And it exposes individuals to my network of professional coaches, trainers, mentors, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, so that if somebody is struggling, they can get on a phone call with a network of other people. And those other people, of course, then are going to provide input and will explain to that person exactly what to do or how they did what that person is trying to accomplish so that they can help them overcome some of the challenges or avoid many of the mistakes that people might make along that journey. And what I explain to people is the beautiful thing about a mastermind group is a lot of the people in this group have accomplished what you're wanting to do and beyond. Imagine being able to get on the telephone with a guy that has a $100 million real estate portfolio or being able to network with a guy that has built a $1 billion company. Those types of individuals, normally you cannot pick up and call yourself. But what you can do is work through somebody like myself as a conduit because I have those relationships and they already exist. And so they're on the call with me once a month. And the opportunity for our mentees and the people we coach to dial in and get access to that group is just absolutely tremendous. Kind of like soaring on the wings of eagles, right? That's it. You got it. Great stuff. Well, Brad, as we're wrapping up here, if someone wanted to learn more, you know, maybe go down this rabbit hole of, let's just call it broad personal development, self-growth. Got any recommended resources outside of your books and your coaching programs, of course, any place, any kind of resources you'd recommend to someone? There's a couple tremendous ones. Of course, one is I would look at the Houston Real Estate Investment Network. Like I said, it's a great community of real estate entrepreneurs. So many people attend uh, monthly. It's hosted by Eddie Gant, who of course is the founder of Jet Lending here in the Houston area. Know Eddie very well. You can go to their website. They meet at the Redneck Country Club over there off of airport once a month. A second great resource for people that just want to kind of get into self-discovery and just really understanding, you know, what it's like to change their beliefs is just get on the internet and start listening to some of these great podcasts, you know, Joel Brown, Addicted to Success, or Jesse Ewell, Habit-Based Lifestyle, or Mind, the Learn to Soar Network, where you've interviewed some great coaches and thought leaders. Of course, the books, you know, I can't end without recommending my own personal book, Learn to Soar in Life on the Wings of Eagles, but it's really the other books from other great thought leaders. You know, you got Brendan Bouchard, you got Tony Robbins, you got, you know, Coach Michael Burt, you got Stephen Covey, you got Robert Kiyosaki. Become a student of the business and become a student of success. And I think that you get to a point where you realize it's great to learn and it's great to read. But one of the other things that I think people understand is what I really need to focus on is forgetting a lot of the stuff that I've learned because society has actually fed us a bunch of crap. And that's one of the reasons that most people are dead broke and never aspire to the level of wealth they're capable of climbing to. We're taught in our society to be conformists and we all swim in the same direction, right? It's go to college, get a job, save a little bit, get married, where in reality, that's not necessarily the recipe for success. The recipe for success might be entrepreneurship. It's investing in real estate. It's paying yourself first. It's understanding the tax structure and 
how to benefit from that and how to lower your taxes. Because as we say, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And so I think that in order for people to really create the mindset of success, they need to realize that most people in our society are not successful. (laughs) They're living paycheck to paycheck. And when you go and you find somebody to mentor you or coach you, don't get coached or ask someone to mentor you that hasn't reached a level of success where they can prove to you and have other people provide social proof that this guy walks the talk. You know, this guy's been successful. He's done what you're wanting to do, and he can certainly show you how to do that. Because if you do what everybody else in society is going to do, you're going to be just like them. You know, in my coaching business, I say I'm telling two things. I'm selling painkillers and I'm selling vitamins. You got to decide what are the two you want. You want painkillers to nurse your pain? Are you one of the guys that, you know, Friday morning you wake up and you go, oh, it's Friday, man. I got the two-day weekend. Or are you looking at the weekend as a way to recover and recharge, knowing that Sunday you're already really planning what the following week is going to look like? Because successful people live on the offensive. They know what they need to do daily to become successful. They're planning their week Sunday afternoon, looking at their feeder system. When I come to work Monday morning, who are the people I need to call? Who am I talking to to plan events? Who am I collaborating with? What is going to be on my calendar the first quarter of 2020? People that live in a defensive posture show up and just wait for stuff to happen. They don't know who they're going to call. They go to the coffee machine. They wait for the phone to ring. They wait for those incoming emails. They're not living on the offensive. And so what I try to train people to do is create the habit of living your life on the offensive so that you're always moving forward, creating opportunities for yourself, partnering with other people building networks because your network of others establishes your net worth. And I'm a firm believer that your network is your net worth, which is one of the reasons I host these networking events here in Houston pretty much on a weekly basis. You can go to Eventbrite and you can do a search. It's called Mingle Your Way to Millions. And it's hosted by me. And we have a lot of success-minded people in real estate that show up because they're looking to network. And they're looking to create these bonds with people that can help move them forward. Brad, I love it. This conversation just shows the value you can bring to real estate investors, entrepreneurs, professionals every day. If people are interested in learning more about you, want to connect with you, want to reach out, maybe find the book, reach out to you, where's the best place for them to do that? The best place to follow me is on all social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. But really, it's to go to one website that we've created as a landing page that has links to all these other platforms. It's M-Y-U-R-L-S, myurls.co backslash Brad Blazar. And it's B-R-A-D-B-L-A-Z, like zebra, A-R. That has a link to the podcast, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Build a Beast Coaching Program. You can become a follower. The other, of course, is just to go to my website, and that tells a little bit about me. You can order the book. We have a bunch of swag. You can get Build Your Beast t-shirts and polos and backpacks and learn to soar caps if you want to take on the beast mentality. And that is just www.bradblazer.com. I love it, Brad. Hey, we'll link all those resources, the website, your URL landing page, all in the show notes for our audience members to learn more about you, connect with you, reach out to you. Hey, it's been so much fun having you on the podcast. So much great content. I'm inspired. 
I'm motivated to jump off here and start taking action on some of my own goals. So thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Absolutely, Jake. You're a beast, man. (laughs) I love it. Well, hey, Brad, thanks so much. Let's get you back on sometime in the future. Love it. Take care. Thanks. Take care. All right. That wraps up this week's episode with our guest, Brad Blazer. Hey, I hope you got a ton of actionable content from today's episode, but more importantly, I hope you're walking away from it with some motivation and inspiration to go out there, set big goals, follow up with massive action, and surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up and help you become a better person. Well, hey, if you like what you heard on the show today, please go over and leave a rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. If you want to connect with me, you can do so at www.jacobairs.com or on social media. Till next week, engineer the lifestyle you want. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.